Hub Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Nate Alford, coming to you today with an alumni interview, uh, one in which we had the privilege of sitting down with the power couple in the Gonzaga Prep community, that being Travis and Sarah Long. But before we get to them and that amazing story in which you know, following through their athletic careers at prep and then beyond prep and, you know, Travis's career as an NFL football player. Um, congratulations to the Gonzaga Prep girls soccer team. Third place is really something to tip your hat on. I know they really wanted that state championship game and wanted to be, you know, making history. But, you know, to be third place and to go as far as they did, to have as much success, you know, individual success too. And, you know, best of luck to Chelsea Lee and her career at GU and hopefully beyond that. Um, but what I look forward to is that that's huge for the program, huge for Billy Barmas, that, you know, this goes beyond this season where future seasons now at prep, the expectation is now higher. You know, they know what it's like to play in big games and what it takes. And uh, look out for that team next year because though they may be losing losing a girl like Chelsea Lee, um, they have a lot of sophomores and juniors on that team, and including freshmen too, uh, that are going to be returning and are going to be seasoned and ready to go to make another state run, hopefully. So best of luck to uh, them in the upcoming years. Congratulations on the season that was. And uh, look forward to Johnny Bartich and the uh, boys varsity soccer team coming up in the spring. Now, uh, we did have basketball season start up. I saw that uh, tryouts were ongoing right now at prep and uh, wish the best of luck to all those players out there playing basketball. And uh, even Travis Long, uh, who we uh, just interviewed here, uh, coaching the JV boys. So pretty cool. Um, Amazing couple that is Travis and and Sarah, a power couple for sure, and one in which I enjoyed thoroughly as I got to interview them. So uh, we'll be having one more episode this week coming to you. Uh, I'm sitting down with my brother uh, in honor of Thanksgiving, And uh, yeah, it'll be a lot of fun, but uh, for the time being, enjoy Travis and Sarah Long. Go Pups! Welcome to the Pup Sports Podcast, and uh, we're coming to you today with another alumni interview. And uh, with that alumni interview, it's actually those that are just celebrating their 10-year alumni uh, event that just happened this past summer. And uh, we have Travis and Sarah Long and uh, thanks so much for inviting me out to the South Hill and uh, and your guys' home. This is awesome. Yeah, of course. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Now, um, what I wanted to start off with just that, you guys just celebrated your 10-year, um, what, what is it called? Alumni anniversary? High school reunion. High school reunion. I was blanking on it for a moment. And so 10-year uh, high school reunion, and you guys actually went, correct? Yes. How was that? Oh, it was great. I had a good time. Um, got to see some people that hadn't seen in a while. Um, got to see some people that we do see quite often. But, you know, I did have a good time. and can't believe it's already been 10 years. Yeah, we had a pretty good showing, too. Yeah, so what, uh, what, what goes into a high school reunion? I mean, I don't even know, obviously, because of the fact that I haven't, you've made it 10. So I don't really know what goes on in that event. Well, when it hits 10, you need to go. Okay. Um, But prep does a great job with their reunion weekend. So Friday night is uh, a big party at prep, um, usually in July in the summer, so it's nice outside. Um, What's fun, though, is they gather a whole bunch of classes. So there's uh, those celebrating their 10-year reunion, 20, 30, I think maybe 25 and 35 are invited. I'm not sure. But then also 40, 50. So... um, all the classes are together at prep. Um, and what was cool about ours is my, my parents were actually there as well, celebrating their 40th. Whoa. Okay, so they have everybody there all at once kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, dinner, wine, beer. Yep, Barbier Center is all full of, you know, all those old classes. Get to interact with not just your class, but, you know, all those that are in attendance. And, yeah, so the Mannixes, they were, they were there right there with us. <laughs> Got a couple pictures with them. <laughs> Did you feel obligated to go, or was it kind of a genuine thing you wanted to go for your tenure? Well, I don't know if you know Tate Kelly. Well, obviously, he's been yeah. on the podcast. You know him. Episode and- episode episode nine or eight. <laughs> you know, he'd be plugging it. Yes, and uh, another good friend of ours, Brian McDonald. Um, I, they've been talking about this for the last three years nonstop, so we were pretty excited, and there was no chance we were going to miss it. Yeah, I definitely wanted to go, so. Yeah. That's great. So for uh, the first thing I kind of wanted to get into was this. 
Uh, if you guys could recall, and since, you know, we're on the hot topic of 10-year reunion and all that, back in when you guys were seniors, because you were part of the same class in 09, um, do you remember the most likely? Were you guys any most likely that you remember? I think I got most athletic. That seems okay. fitting. I think that's what I got. <laughs> I think the reason why I probably think about it is for the fact that oh, on the way over here, I think I'm still a little bitter for the fact that uh, Pat Richard got Greek physique. I, I worked really hard that senior year and trying to drop subtle hints to the yearbook individuals that I was uh, qualified for that. Uh, it just it didn't happen. But uh, I, I remember being voted something else. But that it just you know you remember more of what you don't get, right? Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so you guys both went to prep, and as far as uh, legacy goes and generational prep students, um, do you guys remember or do you guys know what generation prep student you are? Well, me, I had one uncle that went to prep for maybe a year or two, so I was really the first one in my family that made it all four years and graduated from prep. But yeah. Sarah has a little different <laughs> prep history. Uh, yes. So I think I've been bleeding blue since I was born or maybe even before. Um, I would be a fourth generation on my mom's side. Um, so her grandfather, my great grandfather, uh, Frank Berger, he went to prep actually when it was located on Gonzaga university's campus. Okay. Um, and then her, her father, my grandfather graduated in the late mid 40s i think 46 Uh, mom if you're listening that could be wrong Um, (laughs) and then my mom is one of six so all of her siblings uh, went to gonzaga prep and she her claim to fame is that she was the first female class um, that went all the way through so she started as a freshman graduated in 79 Um, so that's just my mom's side of the family my dad's side of the family all attended as well really yeah wow that's incredible. I mean, I, I'm over here. My bro- my brother went to prep, so we're kind of first generation prep students, and we'll start kind of the the beginning of it to, you know, go from there type of thing. But um, that's remarkable. That really yeah. is. Yeah, it was really fun too because um, there was always a cousin there with me. Um, I'm the youngest. Well, in Spokane, the youngest of uh, ten Cronin cousins, and so. Um, one was a senior. I had my cousin Molly was a senior. My cousin Tara was a junior with my brother who was a junior. And then um, when I started, so it was fun. Okay. Now you guys, like we had just said, graduated uh, same same class and uh, high school sweethearts. Am I wrong? Yeah. High school sweethearts. Yep. Started dating in October of our freshman year, actually. So pretty early on. Well, oh, I didn't know it was that early. Yeah. Freshman year. Wow. Okay, and then uh, you guys stayed together, obviously, all through college. And Travis, you went to Washington State. Yep, Washington uh, State. So, Sarah, where did you go? Washington State as well. Okay, so you guys both both are kooks. Yep. So that sign out front, I mean, you guys really do bleed crimson. Yeah, mixed with the blue. <laughs> mixed with the blue, yeah. Um, so in, in that decision, once you guys did graduate from prep, uh, what went into going to Washington State and that decision? I mean, I know, Travis, for you, you played football. Um, do you have any offers from anywhere else? Yeah, so WSU was my first offer. Um, Boise State offered me shortly after that. Um, I got offered by Oregon State in the fall of my senior year. And then I got a University of Montana offer pretty late uh, after my senior football season was over. But I kind of always knew I wanted to go to WSU for some reason. Um, definitely when I did go visit there, I kind of got that community vibe that I was looking for especially coming from prep, yeah. just community is such a big deal. But mm-hmm. yeah, so I think I decided to go there Christmas time, actually, of my senior year. That's pretty cool. Now, Sarah, I know that a lot of times, I mean, even though you guys have been dating for a while, I mean, I know that a lot of parents go, you're going you're gonna <laughs> to follow some guy to Washington State. Yeah. Uh, was there a little bit that for you? Or, you know, did you have kind of, did you weigh options of other schools? Um, yeah, kind of a funny story with that. But uh I grew up a Husky. Um, My dad went to University of Washington Law School. Um, Those older cousins that I looked up to so much um, all went to the University of Washington as well. 
Um, so coming out as, again, on the younger side of the grandchildren, I thought I was going to go to UW for sure. Um, did really well in high school, uh, had, had like a 3.9 GPA, was involved in a ton of stuff, and was waitlisted at the University of Washington. So um, it made me kind of take a breath and uh, explore some other options. So in the meantime, I, um, I got accepted to WSU, went down and visited, never really had given it a shot before then, and then just kind of fell in love with it. Um, and then on graduation day, how ironic, I uh, got into UW off the wait list. So then I had this really fun summer of choosing between two great options. Um, and I think I was, I'm still a little spunky, but back then I never wanted anybody to think I was following Trav. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was kind of the opposite. I was, I was rebelling against it as much as I could. Um, but at the end of the day, I just, WSU, same reason as Trav was such a good community. Mm-hmm. Um, and they really wrapped their arms around me for my first visit down there. Um, so I went back and forth a few times that senior summer, tell Travis, I'm coming to school where you are. I'm not coming to school where you are. It doesn't matter. Uh, but then ended up at WSU and couldn't have been happier. Yeah. Now, um, while you guys were both at prep, so obviously kind of getting back to that, um, Sarah, you played basketball. Travis, you played football. You, you played basketball all, all four years, right, too? Yep. Played basketball all four years and then two years of baseball. Oh, okay. So... Was that junior and senior year you played baseball, or was that before that? Freshman, sophomore year, baseball. Okay. So what what went into you deciding not to be a three-sport athlete all four years? I think that, so that sophomore year of baseball, I played JV, and then I played a few varsity games. And once I hit that varsity level, I just realized I wasn't as good as I should be <laughs> to be on varsity. Um, but I just didn't have that passion I did for basketball and football. Yeah. And so just during the springs, I... Decided just to start working out and, you know, starting to get a little more big for football, that sort of thing. So, What went into the legacy of the number 89 number for football? So I was given that number my sophomore year. Um, I remember getting it because I was, I was our starting outside linebacker as a sophomore. I got that number, and I was like, what is going on? Like, what is this number? This is like a receiver number. This is not a linebacker number. I was thinking I needed to be in the 40s or something like that. Um, so I kind of didn't like it at first, but then it just kind of grew on me. And obviously I kept that number all through college as well. But, you know, I think that's kind of just how it all started. Yeah. Um, what was your basketball number? So my freshman year, I was 50-51. And then the rest of my time, I was 34-35. Because that's back when we had the double, you know, double, oh, home number, away number. <laughs> I'm kind of glad they got rid of that. But so I always had two numbers. Um. Was uh, Were you a three-year starter on varsity or three-year varsity athlete for basketball? So basketball, I was on varsity all four years. Oh, you were freshman? Yep. Okay. I didn't start anything freshman year. I played a little bit. Um, but then starting sophomore year, I started. Yeah. Junior year, senior year started. Yeah. Okay. Now, Sarah, what about you? Because I know you played basketball. Were you a four-year? Um, so I played soccer as well. Oh, I? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Golly. Make you guess my position. You're you're on the offense, so you got to be a striker. Complete opposite goalie. Really? Wow. Yeah. That surprises me. You seem like you'd be a, an aggressive person to be a goal scorer. You, you know? have to be aggressive to be a goalie, too. She, she was an aggressive goalie, all right. <laughs> I, you know, now that you say that, I feel like I remember that. Yeah. It's, it's, I feel like it's coming back to me a little bit, but that's really cool. So yeah. soccer and basketball, and you played all four years both. Yes. Yeah. All four years both. Okay. Um, well, soccer, you, I don't even really know. Does the goalie display their number, you know, when they're wearing those funky colors? Yes. Yeah, so I was uh, number zero. I think. Okay. And then what about basketball? At 12, 13. We two had the home and away. Yes. I believe a Max Mad Dog Mannix was number 12. Yes. Football. Yes. There, there's something behind that number 12 number? Yes. Again, sensing a theme. Uh, it was a big Cronin family number on okay. the wrong side. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, so with playing all four years, like you did for soccer and, um, basketball, did you think about playing in college? Um, I was never good enough. I was a, you know, great high school athlete and I, uh, really loved the aspect of being on a team. Um, but yeah, I think that was, it was clear I was tapping out at that level. Okay. I mean, that's fair. Um, now Travis with you, did you... And did you have a point in you know your high school career where you kind of decided, hey, football is more of my sport than basketball is? 
don't know if there's a point. I think I kind of always knew I was going to get more looks at football because yeah. I started getting recruited pretty early as a sophomore. Like after my sophomore season, I started getting letters from schools. And the letters for basketball were much smaller schools I was getting looks at. So I just kind of knew. And I was a post. I was undersized yeah. to be playing at that next level for basketball. Um, so, yeah, I think that sophomore year I just knew football was going to be you know, what I decided to do. Yeah. Um, when when you were playing in high school, did you love defense more or did you want to play more offense? Because I know you played some of that kind of what they call S-back the position now. Um, but I can remember a few runs and some big games where there was big number 89 rumbling down the sideline. I mean, I definitely wish I could have played a little more offense. Um, but, I mean, I defense was what my true passion was. Yeah. But I, offense was awfully, awfully fun in its own sense. Um, I think I should have got the ball a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> he was also the punter. Yeah, and I also punted my senior year. I also long snapped as a sophomore okay. a little bit. I long snapped as a junior. I punted my senior year, so I kind of did a whole, whole lot of different things. <laughs> did you kick field goals your freshman year? I kicked off my kicked freshman off. year. Um, yeah, kicked okay. off, long snap, punt, a little bit of everything. That's pretty cool. Now, uh, you had the privilege of having both Dave Carson and McKenna, right? Yep, so I had Carson my sophomore, junior year, and then, yeah, got Coach McKenna my senior season. So, yeah, that was his, his first year as coach. Man, I remember that, oh, was it the was it the Ferris game that we ended up losing? Was that the, the halfback pass back to David, or was that CV? That was CV. Yep, that was CV our senior year. Um, yeah, halfback yeah. pass, interception. <laughs> There was a drop punt in there, too. It was, yeah, just a couple mistakes that really kept us out of the playoffs that year. Yeah, but that, that was a, you know, I, I look at that team as a pretty talented team to where that set the stage for a lot of future successful teams because I think it was kind of modeled. I mean, it, I, I had the opportunity to see you guys play. Obviously, being a sophomore, I suited for, like, two games, and it just, you know, you guys seemed larger in life. I mean, like, th that team... I mean, you had, you had Dirk Bennett with the, with the mullet, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, Anthony uh, Luna. Yeah. Uh, who was the, who was the uh, big fullback? John Lampert. John Lampert, yes. John Lampert played, I think, offensive guard the year before and then made the transition <laughs> to fullback out of nowhere and had a really great year. I think he was first team all-league at running back. So. Yeah. I think, too, uh, John Lampert actually lives with my brother in Seattle, so they're good buddies. What? And um, his uh, fun fact he shares is that in high school, he was in the backfield with uh, what ended up being three professional athletes with Travis, Bishop Sankey, and David Stockton. David Stockton, Stockton yeah. That's right. And he was David, all city. This yeah. is what he likes to remind people of, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but... <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, why well, didn't even make those connections? That's awesome. That really is. So Max, Mad Dog, Mannix, and John Lampert living together on the West Side. Yeah, they had a bachelor pad with uh, him and, and Johnny's older brother Danny and my brother have been best friends ever since high school. Yeah. Um, but Johnny or Danny just recently bought a bought a house, so he moved out of the bachelor pad. Oh, too bad, too bad. So uh, I I just actually recently. It was the CV game this year for prep or prep football. I talked to Mike Artie for probably like 30, 40 minutes while we watched the game down on the sideline. And uh, he reminded me that he's been coaching at prep. What, is it almost like 20 years? Uh, maybe more than. I, I, I forget the number now, but I remember he, he said it and it was like, it's remarkable. Yeah. I mean, that is incredible. So you obviously had Artie. Yes. Um, compare, compare the two, not to say that I'll have you pick one or the other, um, but coaching styles, because Mr. Beer was the yes soccer coach. Okay. And then Artie was the basketball coach. Compare those two guys. Oh my gosh. Well, they're both my coworkers now and I love them dearly. Yes. <laughs> Let's check that out. First and foremost. No, um, but uh, Mr. Artie and I actually had a very special relationship. Um, he... Uh, he was one of many prep teachers we invited to our wedding. Um, I have since coached with Artie. Um, we remained, remained close through college, too. So um, I think there was just, you know, he respected me as a player. I respected him as a coach. Um, he really saw leadership in me, um, which was just 
amazing of him. I think uh, he probably saw it in me before I saw it myself. Um, so him and I have a really uh, special bond. Uh, Christian Beer, though, great coach as well. Um, I uh, he, he when we uh, saw each other for the first time when I was a prep employee, he came up to me and he said, "I've been thinking about you." Uh, and your shootout style as a goalkeeper. And I was like, Christian, that was 10 years ago, <laughs> you know, taking us back to um, our high school playoff games. And um, so he, he certainly has a special place in my heart too. Um, so tough to choose between the two. Yeah, no, and I wouldn't make you do that, no way. But uh, I just wanted to kind of hear different coaching styles because I know now um, Beer stopped coaching, what, what was it, five five years ago is yeah that when, sounds about right took over? yeah yeah um yeah what, what do you think of the the lady bull pups oh my gosh they're the so great semis? yeah go pups um it's really fun the season has been particularly fun because uh so we're lucky enough to have three of uh, our senior soccer girls uh, serving as counseling tas so i've got lydia myers uh, madeline uh She's going to kill me if I uh, pronounce her name wrong, but it's uh, Sachik, yes, and um, Chelsea Lee are all TA, so I get to see okay. them every day, and um, just to be a part of their journey has been so fun, and they're so dedicated, watching film, and um, just getting hyped for every game. I'm real proud of those girls. Yeah, no, I'm excited for Friday night, 8 p.m., uh, to watch them over at Puyallup, they'll be uh, they'll be cool on the live stream because I don't want to make that trip again. <laughs> <laughs> Did that last week, and you know I'd rather not if I don't have to. Yeah. Uh, now, Travis, for you, you actually had Haugen in his final years, right? Yep his uh, his last year was my senior year. Um, yeah, so I had Haugen for all four years. Um, one of my favorite coaches. Yeah. I had him in AP World History my sophomore year as well. And, you know, that guy knew how to prepare. He knew how to prepare for the classroom. He had the most detailed notes of any teacher I've ever <laughs> been a part of. <laughs> and he also had the most prepared practice every single day. Really? Yeah. He was, you know, one of my favorite one of my favorite guys. Um, and I think he's currently a principal over in Montana right now. Yeah, I looked that up recently, actually. And uh, his, his wife's teaching at the same school that he's at. That's kind of cool. And I actually think their daughter may... Be at that school as well. I think I mean, like yeah, Carly was our age. Um, mm -hmm. I think there was an older daughter as well. Yes, but Carly was our age definitely. Yeah. Brett was two years old. Max's age. Yeah, he was one right. of our. I think he was our right tackle when we were playing that my sophomore year, Max's senior year. Yeah, yeah. In, okay, so that sophomore, you bring up that year. Prep got close that year. You know, yeah, we made it to the semis and came fell short right. to Oak Harbor. Um, Marshall Lobestall was the quarterback at Oak Harbor, who was my teammate down at WSU. Okay. Um, but that team, you kind of said when you were a sophomore and we were seniors, like you felt like we were big. And I had that exact same, you know, mindset when I was a sophomore. I thought Cameron McMillan, Spencer Savage, I thought those two dudes were the biggest humans I'd ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> and in all reality, I was... <laughs> Like a couple inches taller than both of them, almost the same weight <laughs> as a sophomore. Um, but you know that team was really special. We had a good group of guys. Um, you know it was kind of cool sharing that experience with Max too. Yeah. You know, kind of had a special relationship there. I remember seeing a photo of that year, and that was when Prep was still operating out of the eye and under center. Eye formation veer. <laughs> And I don't think I've seen a quarterback ever get lower underneath the <laughs> center in my entire life. I Man, might have to agree with that, that yes. I mean, Max, his, his uh, caboose was almost touching <laughs> the field. I mean, it, arguably he'd be down if he, he spent too long getting the exchange from the center. Um, but that's really cool. I mean, like you, the two of you guys, what I find remarkable is the fact that your time at prep, you saw a lot of changes at the same time. You got the opportunity to have some coaches and teachers that, you know, rest in peace are no longer with us or had legacies at prep that kind of set the stages for coaches that came after them. Um, so that's remarkable. I think that's so cool. Um, do you think that that at all played into the fact that, um, Obviously, after you guys went to college, we'll get into kind of where you went beyond college, but why you came back to Spokane, why you came back to be involved in the prep community. I mean, Sarah, I mean, you work there. 
Travis, from what I hear, I mean, you're still active and you, you coach uh, JV basketball. I mean, did that play a role in you guys kind of being so involved now in your older age? You know, I say older age, not that old. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, absolutely. Um, 100%. That, I mean, the prep community, community, obviously, you know, is special. Um, I owe a lot to prep. And so me coming back and coaching, it's more about giving back to that community, yeah. sharing the knowledge I've learned over these years, um, just trying to impart some of that into these kids, just just give back to that community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Gonzaga Prep has always been Spokane to me or to us. Isn't that weird? Yeah. I, mean, like it, it, I find it remarkable, not to cut you off because I want to hear what you have to say, but one of the things I love is where I'll be at some random event. I mean, it, it can be something where I'm like, I won't run into a soul that I know at this event. And I'll run into someone and be like, hey, didn't you go to school with my son or daughter? And I'm like, I don't know. What's their name? And they're like, so-and-so. And I'm like, yeah, actually, I did. And it's like, it's just it's amazing from that standpoint to me to have, you know, just that connection. But I'm really, really curious from you, Sarah, from the standpoint of just ultimately coming back to teach. Or I mean, not teach, but, I mean, be a guidance counselor. I mean, so argue, argue a tougher job than sometimes being in the classroom just because you deal with so much. Yeah. Um, well, I think whenever we were not in Spokane, so we were in Pullman for w- at WSU or later in Philadelphia, people would always ask, you know, do you think you'll go move back to Spokane one day? And um, the answer was always yes. But the reasoning why was I want my kids to go to Gonzaga Prep. Yeah. Um, so that's what I say when I what I mean when I say that Gonzaga Prep is Spokane to me. I think that, you know, this is our community. Um, it's where what I grew up in. It's, um, But more importantly, it's what I've chosen to continue to grow in. Um, I think that those adults, those teachers, like I said, Mr. Artie, uh, Leslie Plaster, um, Paul Manfred, Dave McKenna, Ben Walker, all were at our wedding. Um, and wow. so those were teachers that we stayed in contact with, um, you know, well after we graduated. And um, when I decided to go into the field of counseling, the dream was always to come back and work at prep, hands down. Um, And so I'm just really grateful to be there. um, And yeah, loving it. How did you come by that job? Because I mean, if there's one thing I've kind of heard about the prep community and even teaching at prep, I mean, it's not often that a teacher leaves unless it's retirement or, you know, some great opportunity that they absolutely have to take. Um, So with that goal in mind that you wanted to, you know, be at prep, you know, were you at all ever concerned that like, uh, when would my opportunity be there? Definitely. Yeah. Um, Well, at first, when I started thinking about what I want to do, I was at WSU and I enrolled in communications and I was in a pretty upper level class class. and I remember a professor saying to me, if you are in communications because you like to talk to people, you're in the wrong class. And it was one of those, okay, uh, what am I going to do about this? So I went to my advisor and kind of we talked through what I like to do. And she asked, you know, if, you've, if I've ever thought about counseling. Um, so I had loved my psychology classes. I was actually minoring in psychology at the time. So I switched my majors um, and then I was looking at just the field of counseling in general um, and decided that I really loved the school piece as well. Um, So went on to get my master's, and um, like you said, counseling jobs in general are are tough to come by, Um, and so I was just trying to break into the market. Um, And luckily enough, um, I was given an opportunity to start at Central Valley. Uh, Carrie Ames is the principal out there. Uh, Her maiden name is McKenna, McKenna. So she is a prep grad. <laughs> so everywhere you go. Uh, yeah. So I, I spent my first year of counseling out at Central Valley, and it was a wonderful experience. Carrie, uh, to this day, is one of my favorite people. Uh, such a wonderful example of strong women leadership. She runs that school and runs it really well. Um, so I was there for a year um, when the job was posted at prep and uh, worked through it with her. Um, and, you know, I just... It was always a dream of mine, so had to go for it, and was lucky enough that, uh, yeah, one year in, I made the move, and I too plan on staying until I retire. Yeah. Now you're, uh, I think when I, I stopped by and saw you at the school, 
you're in in Joe's old office, right? I am. Yeah. So, I mean, what that what's that like to feel like you're kind of I mean, do you ever have, you know, what drives me nuts sometimes is when people remind me of like, oh, you got some big shoes to fill kind of thing, or it's like, okay, that that's not, you know, <laughs> thanks for letting me know that. Um, but how do you, how do you combat that where it's not, hey, I'm not trying to be the next Joe Fern or replace Joe. I'm just trying to be Sarah Long. Um, yeah, certainly don't combat it at all. Uh, I embrace it. Um, I feel Joe with me every day in some shape or form. Um, that space was so wonderful for him, and he helped so many students in that uh, in that office. And so I just try and channel Joe and, and really embrace the space as his. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was lucky enough uh, to spend a year with him there. Um, so I was a part of those conversations in that office with him. Um, and yeah, so I... You know, I, I see Joe in a lot of things that happens in my work there. I call upon Joe to help me. Mm-hmm. Um, we we share lots of Joe stories in there. We have uh, Joe. I don't know if when you were there he had this, but um, a jelly bean machine um, that you can kind of turn and the jelly beans come out. So we call them Joe Jellies. Uh, oh, so we got we got that that's going. Really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, now speaking of another character, cause Joe was obviously a character, but if there was one other guy I knew that was, um, right in line that I could always get probably a cheap laugh, it was, uh, Maddie McIntyre. And, uh, Maddie was an assistant, uh, while you were uh, on the varsity team, right? Travis, I mean, he was the JV coach, right? Yeah, he was the head JV coach while I was there. And he also was my freshman baseball coach. Oh, okay, okay. So I never had Maddie as basketball coach. But I did have him that freshman year of baseball. And honestly, that that freshman year of baseball is one of my favorite seasons of <laughs> when I was at prep. Like, that was such a good time, that group of guys. Um, great. <laughs> coach O'Doherty was also our assistant coach. Yeah, just lots of good memories from that baseball season. Yeah, so now you have the privilege of coaching with Maddie. And I know that, obviously, it's, you know, Maddie has evolved as a coach. He's a successful coach. Um, but what's that like to where, you know, you transition from basically see him and as at the beginning of his career to now where, I mean, the de- the, the man has some rings behind his name now. I mean, yeah, he's obviously had a lot of success back to back state championships, that state championship in 2011. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so watching him coach last year, being a part of the staff this year, I mean, I have a lot to learn from him, honestly. He is a very good coach. He has a great way of communicating with these kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's obvious why he's been so successful in, over these past 10 years now. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he is a character, and yeah, you can guess, he can give you some cheap laughs, but, you know, he is also full of knowledge and, you yeah. know, full of a lot of wisdom. Do you, do you ever see a, um, Haugen in him? I mean, like, do you feel like he took pits of, you know, what Haugen did well? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Um, they're a lot different, but yes, a lot of the similarities, the toughness. Um, Maddie played for Coach Haugen back in the day. Oh, man, I didn't even know that. Yep, so yeah, Maddie played for Coach Haugen. Um, and yeah, and just the toughness and the preparation, you know, it really all comes down to the preparation. They, yeah. you know, the game planning and all that, I think that's something that Coach McIntyre kind of modeled after Coach Haugen. Who got more fiery in practice, Haugen or Maddie? I would say Coach Haugen. <laughs> you might not think that, but yeah, Coach Haugen, there he's quite the fiery individual. <laughs> um, who who was a who was who was quicker to flip the switch to make you guys run suicides or something like that if you weren't playing practicing well? So I honestly I have to say Haugen again because you were the one running because I was the one running, not having to tell the guys to run, which is the position I am in now. Um, yeah, so <laughs> lots of running happened when my basketball career at prep. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, now, there, there, there were a couple guys on that basketball team, if I recall, and I was actually just recently, you know, when I did interview Stephen Ferraro, who was on that 2011 team that won the state title, he even talked about how we had it modeled for us. You know, when you guys were there, that you guys had some dudes on that team. It was you, it was Nick... Uh, Nick Hansen. Yeah, so that senior year it was me, Nick Hansen, um, David Stockton, Ryan Nicholas was the other forward. That's right. Sean Fisher. 
Um, Chris Sarbaugh was a sophomore. That's right. Parker Kelly was a sophomore. Up as well. We had David Nelson, who was oh, a year, yeah, yeah, year younger, year younger yeah. than me. Um, yeah, so we had, you know, five college athletes. Ryan Nicholas is still playing overseas right now. Dave I Stockton's obviously still playing. Um, yeah, so we had just a lot of athletes, and that, that team was very special. That was one of my favorite uh, seasons. Um, just because basketball, it's such a smaller team than, than you'd say a football team. So it's just a little more tight knit yeah. of a of a group of guys and mm-hmm. yeah, just lots of good memories with that team. Now, when obviously once you were able to look past David's height, um, David Stockton, obviously, and you know the the name that he carried and all of that. Um, I mean, I'm not going to say, and I don't, I don't think you would say, oh, I was shocked to see how far he went, but I mean, how. How early in David's career as a high school player did you think, you know, hey, he could he could be a good player at GU or, you know, he could maybe, you know, do a drive-by in the NBA potentially? So I started playing basketball with David in seventh grade, and I think he was maybe like four foot eight. <laughs> you know, he was always just so small, but he was always so obviously skilled. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just such a competitor. I mean, there was the Stockton rule at practice. So I got the chance to play with Houston. Um, he was a senior when I was a freshman. That's right. And Michael was on the team that year. He was a junior. And right. so Coach Hogan had the Stockton rule where they couldn't guard each other because it was just brutal. Those guys <laughs> are so competitive. And once they start guarding each other, playing against each other, I mean, it's <laughs> you better watch out. Um, and same thing, yeah, David, just that same, that same mindset. He, yeah. Michael's senior year, um, so that was my sophomore year. David was JV, but once we hit playoff time, he got to come practice with us, mm-hmm. and it was that same thing. The Stockton rule was in full effect. <laughs> so, I mean, David has obviously never let his size get in the way of anything. You know, people would try and pick him up full court, go right by him. Um, and so, I'd, yeah, I mean, definitely that senior year, you knew he could play at the next level. And yeah. think about him, he just continued to get better each year. You know, he especially in college, he just continued to size. Finally, started to grow a little bit, but his skill has just continued to get better and better. Yeah. Um. So the, yeah, then he plays at GU, uh, which is pretty cool. I mean, he was part of some successful teams there, and uh, you know, had a pretty good career. And then, uh, I mean, do you still keep in touch with him? Yeah. Yep. Still keep in touch with him. Um, he was. We were both supposed to be in each other's weddings, but. <laughs> He couldn't make it to our wedding because he was playing basketball summer league. And then I couldn't make it to his wedding because I had training camp for Philadelphia. So we uh, didn't get to go to each other's wedding. But, yeah, we still keep in touch. And I think I was just texting him the other day, honestly. Yeah. Now, he, uh, he, I know he signed a short-term contract with the Lakers, but I didn't know, is, it, is he still on the Lakers G team or... Yeah, so he's with the South Bay Lakers right now. They're they're G League, okay. the Lakers G League affiliate. Um, yeah, so that was always kind of the plan um, going into this summer. The, the the little short stint he had with the actual Lakers that was kind of yeah, you know, just part of the deal, a little two way deal. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's I actually got to watch him a few times over when we were in Philadelphia. He was playing for the Reno Bighorns, and they played over in Delaware which is, you know, only like 45 minutes away from where we okay. were in Philadelphia. So yeah. I got to watch, I think, like two of his games while we were over there. And there was also a time where Michael was playing in the G League, Michael Stockton, mm-hmm. for the Canton Charge, and got to watch him play when they were playing oh, in Delaware, no too. Yeah, and Michael, Michael's been playing overseas for 12 years now. And besides that one year he was in the G League, he's oh, been wow. playing overseas. Yeah, and he's still playing right now. I think he's in France. And most of the time he'd spent in Germany actually playing. That's incredible. I had no idea. That's really cool. Um, so you mentioned it. You go through, well, I, I actually kind of want to ask you a little about your Washington State days. Uh, you were there. You mentioned some of the players you were there with, but if I recall, Connor Halliday was the quarterback who was a, a Ferris grad. Did you know Connor uh, through high school and all that? Were you guys friends before you went to Washington State? We weren't friends. I obviously knew of him yeah. just from playing against him. He also played basketball, and so... I think I guarded him, yeah. stuff like that. But um, honestly, there was we had a house in Pullman off campus, 
And there was five of us in that house, and we were all Spokane guys that were on the football team. Really? So we had Elliot Bosch, who was my roommate um, all four years. He went to Ferris. Okay. What position did he play? At WSU, he ended up being a center. Yeah. Really, really good, really good center. A little okay. undersized, but very skilled. Um, Aaron Dunn was also a roommate, Mead kid. Oh, he was a, was he? Ch- he was, yep, tied in. Yeah, I remember that kid. That kid was huge. Yep, he was big man. Uh, Joe Dahl, you high. And that was, dude is playing in the NFL now, right? He is, is he for the yep, Lions? Yep, yep, left guard for the Lions. And then myself, um, Alex Gopper, who was LC kid. Okay. He was one of our kickers. And then, yeah, Connor, a quarterback, fair. So, Dang. Yeah, big Spokane connection. Uh, that was always obviously really fun. Sarah was always right there in the mix. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it was, uh, it was a good time. Okay, so being there, then you guys developed a friendship, obviously, with the Spokane connection. Um, I mean, like, it, you, did you guys ever reminisce about the, uh, the, the old high school days, about playing against each other or anything like that? I mean, yeah. So funny thing about Connor is he can remember every single play that from <laughs> any level of sports, middle school. Flag football, I'm flag, sure. Like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> the kid knows every single pass he's so thrown. So you're telling me he's got, like, perfect recall. Yeah. Like, he knows the coverage that they were in. And me, I have little highlights and memories. I don't, <laughs> you know, that's not really how I am. But yeah, that's yeah. We've obviously talked about you know certain games, and mm-hmm. I actually played AAU basketball in high school with Aaron Dunn, so I kind of had that relationship with yeah. him prior. Um, yeah, so it's <laughs> obviously yeah, pretty funny. Is it, it when when you guys would have conversations? Would it be revolving around uh, where they looked in the best light? So if it was Connor bringing up memories, was it um, winning games over prep or? Uh, you know, a long ball that he was routinely throwing to Jason Bates. He does talk about Jason Bates a lot. That kid had a lot of receiving yards for him. <laughs> I feel like the one t- story I remember him telling a lot, I guess not a lot, but a couple of times, is there was like a playoff game. Oh, man. You're, you're his senior year, yeah, or maybe yeah, his senior year, that would make sense, um, against prep, and it was like... Three-way tie. Yeah, a couple quarters or something like that. It was, uh, was seven-minute quarters. Okay, yeah. And... Uh, yeah, it was a three-way tie between Prep, Ferris, and Uhi. And Uhi, I don't know if it was by a flip of the coin, but got the second game. So Prep had to play Ferris in the first one. And, yeah, I mean, Ferris... I mean, it, and it, it, Prep had beaten Ferris, I think, earlier that year, and then Ferris came back and, and beat uh, uh, Prep in that game. I'll give this to, to Connor Halliday, I mean, because I'm not the biggest Ferris fan. Um <laughs> He threw one of the the best deep balls, I think I've I've ever seen personally. I mean that that guy could stop and just let it go. I mean he had height to be able to throw to, but that dude could sling it, man. Yeah, he's the gunslinger, all right. Yeah, and then going to Washington State, I mean he was the same way there. Uh, when you were at Washington State, uh, so you did you have Paul Wolf while you were there? Yep. So I had Paul Wolf Paul Wolf for three years, and then I had Coach Leach my senior year. So. It, Give us a little insight of those two guys. Complete opposite uh, personalities, I'd say. Um, yeah, I mean, everyone knows Coach Leach. He's yeah. very eccentric, and he's, you know, his own special dude. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I do really appreciate what Coach Wolf did. Yeah. Obviously, we didn't win a lot of games during his tenure. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, he gave me the opportunity to come play football at WSU. And yeah. I feel like he really did care about his players. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, just really thankful for that. I think the demise of Coach Paul Wolf was when uh, Bishop Sankey reneged his verbal commitment to Washington State. I think that that was the beginning and end of uh, his his career at Washington State. That was a that was a blow. Yeah, it's tough to lose a like a hometown kid like that over to the other side of the state. Yeah. You know that was not easy. But uh, so do you got a do you got a Mike Leach story? I mean, since the fact that. He's still there at Washington State. You got anyone that sticks out? I mean, had he, had he, I don't know, had he had the same persona that he did or he does now that he I don't did think first year? Mike, Le- Mike Leach has ever changed his persona. I think he's <laughs> been the same way since he was coaching at Iowa Westland over in, you know, 20, 25 years ago. Was, was he one for a pregame fiery speech? No, that wasn't really his personality. Um, you know, he had other coaches that could kind of 
bring that bring that energy, bring that juice. Um, you know, he's <laughs> yeah, he's just a very interesting dude. That's so for for a. You know, it's a big difference when you go from high school football to college football when you look at a head coach. I mean, if you look at, you know, McKenna, if you were to go to a practice, I mean, he's getting after it. He's, you know, clapping his hands. He's going back and forth between offense and defense. He's very prevalent within a practice. Is it that the same way at the college level, or is it kind of your, as a head coach, are they a lot more removed? I think it depends, but both of my experiences, the head coaches are kind of more removed. Paul Wolf was kind of... He would go between offense, defense, but he let his coaches do his thing. Yeah. You know, he was more the manager of the team in that sense. Okay. Um, Leach is obviously very involved with the offense. Um, he, you know, calling call plays and yeah. all that. But I don't think I ever dealt with him in practice as far as a defensive player. Yeah. He kind of let his defensive mm-hmm. coaches do his do their thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it just kind of depends on the coach, honestly. So at what point in your college career did you have someone in your ear saying? You can play at the next level. Um, I think maybe after my sophomore year. Okay. Um, I you know I played. I started as a freshman, but I was still a freshman. Yeah. Had a lot to learn. Had to get bigger and stronger. Had to mature. Um, had it. Then that next sophomore year, kind of dealt with a shoulder injury, but still was pretty successful. Okay. Um, but, so maybe after that junior season was when I was like, okay, this is. This is something I can pursue, and I think I'll be, you know, have a shot. I think I got second team that junior year. And it was always tough just being on a team that wasn't winning, just yeah. kind of not getting that respect that, mm-hmm. you know, feel like I feel like I deserved. Um, but, you know, I think it was definitely that junior year where I was like, okay, I think I think this is a good opportunity here. Since you were together with Sarah basically all throughout that, was there times in which you kind of leaned on her to decide, hey, you know, what do you think about this? I mean, did, Sarah, did you ever kind of weigh in on, you know, Travis making that next step or making that decision to? Um, I mean, I always believed him and knew that he could do it. Uh, he had that knee injury his second to last game uh, his senior year. And so um, okay. towards ACL, That's game right. before Apple Cup. That yeah. Name. Yeah. So that ending to his senior year was a little bit different than I think both of us thought it was going to be. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we kind of just took it a day at a time and figured it out together. Yeah, because, I mean, I was doing really well that senior year with Leach's new defense. I was in a better spot to be making plays. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was leading the nation in sacks for in sacks for majority of the that. year. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, just the second last game, tore my ACL and just didn't really get the opportunity to – I didn't get to go to the combine, didn't get to run up my pro day, didn't really get to, you know, do those extra things to show, you know, scouts, you know, my abilities besides the game film. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of just attacking it one day at a time, trying to get healthy and put myself in a position to still pursue that NFL, the NFL dream. But, yeah, Sarah was never pushing me one way or the other she was always just supportive of whatever that decision of the day was and just (laughs) trying to you know just support me any way she could uh did you go to all the games there oh yeah home home games at wsu i didn't travel with it did you wear an 89 jersey yeah of course okay yeah i so when you did tear your acl that senior year you know i had the privilege of talking with liam bell uh you know, it was a week or two ago, and he talked about the challenges he went through when he, you know, broke his back, you know, L4, L5 kind of thing, and the battle in which he had had to come back from, and kind of one of the lower points of, you know, his playing career for sure, you know, let alone life. Was that tough for you? I mean, you know, who did you lean on to kind of really get back? Because I think of this this guy, and in my mind, his 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 name is Inky Johnson. He played for Tennessee, and, you know, he talks about, you know, I got this paper, you know, NFL on the top, Inky Johnson projected top 30, and, you know, you got in that mindset of this is football and this is going to be my life, and all of a sudden you get something that gets thrown in the mix where you're like, is this over? Is this it now? You know, after all I thought that I was going to do it, is this it? Yeah, I mean, so definitely those thoughts kind of creep into your head. Um, Sarah was always... You know, it's the person I leaned on for support. You know, she was always there. Um, 
but I still, you know, I didn't want it to be over. I always had a chip on my shoulder. I mm-hmm. wasn't a super highly recruited kid out of high school. So I had a little chip on my shoulder during college, that, that little doubt. And so, you know, I still wanted to prove people wrong. I wanted to prove to people that I could come back from this injury. So that was definitely like, you know, my mindset going into that rehab um, for that right ACL. And, you know, I just, I kept working. I kept working. I was getting healthy. I got an opportunity to go to San Diego prior to the draft and meet with the Chargers and, you know, talk to some of their coaches. And I felt like they liked me. They told me they liked me. Um, Draft day comes, didn't get drafted. Okay, I was like, okay, maybe I'll get signed as a free agent. Didn't get signed as a free agent. You know, my agents were just saying, teams just want you to get, want you to be healthy. They want you to get healthy, and then you can go work out and, you know, see where you are. Um, and so I just worked and worked and worked. And, you know, eight months post-surgery, I got cleared by the doctors down in California where I was training and got brought in by the Chargers for a workout. They said I did great, but they just didn't have a roster spot. So I came home and saw Sarah for like, a night and then I got a call that night when I got back from Philadelphia saying hey we want to come bring you in for a workout um, literally packed up a backpack with a change of clothes thinking I was just gonna go work out and then fly back home and I went and worked out and never left <laughs> <laughs> so then was it the phone call to Sarah saying pack your bags you're moving to Philly so it was I got brought in in like July so it was a couple like a week or two into training camp and I was like okay let's just let's try and make the team you know let's just Mm -hmm. try and let's try and stick here Um, and so I ended up making the practice squad that year okay Um, so I think it was September once I made the practice squad I was like all right sir it's time go time (laughs) it's go time so she (laughs) packed up some bags and yeah. Fuhan out to Philadelphia, and you know, I just started a whole new life out there. So, Sarah, take me through that to where, you know, you told me or you told us, you fought that, you know, I'm not going to Washington State because I'm following Travis, and now yeah. ultimately, <laughs> you're following Travis. Oh yeah. And was there any, you know, uh, I don't want to say doubt, but I mean, was there any, you know, thought of, hey, is this really what I want? Should I, you know, or was it just nope? Uh, hundred percent. I'm there for you. Let's do it. I'm all in. Yeah. So, uh, my graduating college mindset was different than my graduating high school mindset. Um, I, I was all in, um, I had, uh, been accepted into Gonzaga university school counseling program. Um, so my plan was, uh, to enroll in that, um, that fall. Um, and all of this was kind of going down in July. Um, and I spoke with the university, um, cause you know, this was a once in a lifetime thing. Um, I was certainly not going to be 3000 miles away while Travis was experiencing this. Mm-hmm. So I worked with them, um, and they said, Hey, you can defer your acceptance, um, for up to two years. And, um, I ended up keeping that communications major as a second major. Not yeah. a whole lot you can do with a psychology degree <laughs> other than go to grad school. Um, so uh, I just decided I'm going to go use that communications degree and uh, ride this ride with Trav. We really didn't know if we were going to be there for a week or a month, and it turned out to be almost four years. Yeah, and um, I could not imagine being out there in Philly by myself. It yeah. was she was crucial to any yeah. success I had out there. Yeah, and we had, I mean, just wonderful family supporting us along the way. My mm-hmm. parents, his parents, um, they were all for it um, and made it easy to, to make that jump. Yeah, and while you were out there, I think I've seen, you go to Villanova? Yes, so we ended up staying out there so long, uh, my deferment at Gonzaga uh end it because <laughs> you they give you two years they said we admitted Sarah, you we want you to come this year we want Sarah, you to come next year <laughs> exactly um so once we've been out there for two years and uh that teacher was right communications was not the job for me um and so at that point i i started looking into programs back east um and decided villanova was was a good place for me and i, I loved it um so spent two years doing my master's program there okay that's really cool 
That's awesome. Uh, so you were there total how many years in Philly? Four years in Philly, and I was three seasons on the team. Okay. Uh, was there ever a thought, I mean, I know you guys had said, or Sarah, you had said when people said, are you going to move back to Spokane? And, you know, you had always kind of said yes. Um, did you consider living over in Philly? No. No. We, I mean, we had a <laughs> really great time there. and Yeah. We met some good people out there. And it's kind of funny, a lot of the people that we did become friends with out there. They moved. Well, yeah, they're no longer there. But they were also, like, I think two friends were from... Spokane. They went to GU. What? Yeah. Um, yeah. One of them ran cross country with Tate at Gonzaga. Whoa. Um, yeah. Just like mutual connections. Did he use phrases like juiced and jacked? <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Luke Cecilia. Um, he's a prep kid a year older. Really? Yep. He was in med school at Temple out there. And what? so, yep, we got close to him and his wife. Yeah. So it was kind of like a, we had a, another friend that I played with who went to Oregon. Um, I'm from Oregon, wife went to Oregon, played at Oregon volleyball. So it's kind of like all of our friends we did meet out there had some sort of like Northwest connection. Yeah. So answer me this. I mean, and I know Sarah, probably for you, it was hands down because this makes me think of this scenario of what you just talked about. The prep connection kind of no matter where you go, you kind of it's I think it's something that's even more special than being. Uh, you know, an alumni from a certain college. Um, Sarah, it probably was a given. You're going to prep. You Maybe you don't have a choice. I don't know. You know, you said that you lived near Ferris, but for Travis, for you, you were a Northsider. Was there a thought, hey, maybe I'll go to Mead, maybe I'll go to Mount Spokane? So I went to St. Charles from preschool to eighth grade. Okay. Um, didn't really think too much of it. Kind of, my mom just said, you're going to prep. And I was like, okay, sounds good. I never thought anything really different. I just kind of, that's not really my style. I just kind of, she told me what I was going to do. I was going to do it. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm very glad I went to prep. I enjoyed it from day one. Um, so, I mean, I had friends that were, like, I played with basketball with David Stockton. Obviously, he's going yeah. to prep. Yeah. Um, so, I did have, you know, plenty of friends that were going there. So, I made it a real, just easy transition. Man, uh, I just look at it from that standpoint to where it's so amazing to kind of hear your guys' story and where it took you. And for the fact that you still ran into people that kind of had that like mindset and bought into the community that prep was. And I think that, you know, even if the three of us in this room were asked, you know, before we entered prep to say, you know, you're going to meet people here that you're going to come across in some way or, you know, or another over the, the life you know, however far you go, you know, you're going to come in constant contact with people. I would have probably said, no, you're crazy. Like, that's, come on, you know, Spokane's small, but, you know, eventually, like, I'm going to be able, you know, I'm going to be somewhere where people are not going to be like, oh, you went to prep. And it's, I've been so wrong. I mean, I've been so wrong to where it's like, you're at a Walmart and someone's like, hey, I think I know you. And I'm like, I think I know you too, but I don't know your name. Your face <laughs> looks familiar. Uh, so that's, that's amazing, and I think that you guys are living proof of that. I mean, how does it feel to be, golly, if I could if I could pick out, if we could have a conversation right now about power couples, <laughs> at, at, you know, in the prep community, you guys are up there, man. Well, thank you. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, can, can, you think of, can you think of some, I mean, the other power couple that I could think of is Tom McKernan and, and his wife came from the birds. Sure, yeah. That was a pretty, you know, large joining of families. Um Lanou and is it Cronin? No, because my mom's the Cronin. Okay, so Lanou and who? I'm not so, sure her maiden but, name. Okay, yeah. but I just know that golly, the Lanous I feel like keep have kids coming and coming and coming. Um, obviously the Cronin Mannix name. Yep. Uh, who are some other names that? I was pretty actually rich? pretty surprised. We had quite a few in at our high school reunion. Um, so that ended up uh, married. Our good friends, Alec Albinson, um, his who? wife, Andrea O'Brien. Um, she, that name sounds familiar. Yes. So she, same class? Mm-hmm. Yep. 2009, okay. uh, Brigitte Pinsonow and Jason Curry. Um, Curry sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. Jason Curry sounds really familiar. I, I think there was one more. Noel Basta. Yes. Um, Julie, Noel? Yeah, newly, or, excuse me, Julie Flershinger. Noel went to St. Pat's. I went to St. Pat's. I knew Noel when I was a... I yeah, so I'm it was pretty same, funny. Same kid. Um and then the 
Um, Brian McDonald's part of your guys' class, right? Yes. Yeah. And there, there are a lot of McDonald's um, that, that, or I mean, he, his sister at least went, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Two older sisters. Gina and Shannon okay. both went yeah. to prep. Um, and one of his cousins is actually teacher. Yes. Kate Stiller. Kate Stiller, mm-hmm. his cousin. Yeah. So she's. She's an art teacher at art prep. Art teacher at prep. Coaches yeah. track. Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thanks as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't think that it's any type of coincidence uh, that Gonzaga Prep uh, creates high school sweethearts. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's the norm either. My parents made sure that I knew that um, when we were in high school. So they met their freshman year at Gonzaga Prep too. Okay. Um, and they were always saying, you know, you don't have to meet your husband in high school. You don't have to meet your husband in high school. Um, but you know, I think for Travis and I, high school was, was such a special time. Um, and that, you know, our relationship was off to such a solid foundation because of the type of people that, you know, Gonzaga prep forms you to become, um, that it made us more successful in our relationship. And, um, so yeah, I don't think it's a coincidence that there's so many high school sweethearts from Gonzaga prep. That's cool. That's really cool. And it just gives me chills to where it's like, you know, it's just something you can believe in and, you know, it holds promise of, you know, you're building a better life and there's a lot of truth that goes into it, whether you want to believe it, you know, while you're in it or, you know, after the fact that there's just so much truth that comes with that. And, oh man, you guys are living proof. Tell me a little bit about, uh, you know, you got a whole new life here and come over and the, the pooch is just so friendly and nice over there. And, you know, I'm keeping the volume down because I know that we got the little one. Like, this is, you know, you guys are building the Spokane, you know, just what I need to hear is that another one's on the way kind of thing. <laughs> uh, no, not right now. But, yeah, we got a, our first uh, child was our golden retriever. Uh, we got him out in Philadelphia. Um, he was born on the 4th of July, and we named him Phil after Philly. Oh, I thought you were going to say I named him Tom. <laughs> no, 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 no. But, yeah, so he's a... Uh, pushing four now yeah almost four and then this last month this last march um we had our first daughter uh winnie is her name how'd you go with winnie uh so it's uh she's actually named after my grandmother okay um yeah my grandmother manix her uh name was winifred okay manix uh, we didn't go with the full winifred but she was a very special person in my life so now uh for those that obviously can't see because they're listening i see phil makes four okay uh, with Phil being so prominent just on that plaque up, up on the, uh, the shelf there, uh, how is Phil with, uh, young Winnie? He's great. You know, they're he, best buds. They're, if, yeah. The older Winnie gets, the more she likes him. <laughs> he was honestly a little skeptical at first, kind of stayed away, which was okay. Mm-hmm. Didn't need to be up on a little newborn, but <laughs> definitely now that she's throwing food off the high chair, he's definitely becoming solid friends with her real yeah. quick. That's great. Uh, and the last thing I just want to ask you guys is, you know, what's so nice that I've had uh, the privilege of getting feedback of when I've done these podcasts and when I've sat down with people, especially alumni, uh, is that they've had the opportunity to like go up to whoever the person is and say like, oh, hey, I listened about this. Um, you know, obviously, I don't think that you, you would say like, uh, no, I don't know you, you know, I'm not going to talk to you. But um you know, how can people see you around the community? Like what, I know that you coach, I mean, you teach or, you know, guidance counselor, but what other ways would people kind of see you? What, what are you into in Spokane? You know, I, I love the saying Spokane doesn't suck because I think it's true. You know, what, how else do you guys op- occupy your time around here? I mean, you might see us walking around Comstock Park or Manitou Park. I mean, <laughs> spend our free times outside just, okay. you yeah. know, getting that dog some exercise. I mean, we like to, you know, we went to the soccer game a couple of weeks ago when okay. they were playing, I think. Richland. Richland. Very yeah. cool. Um, yeah, did you bring so, the young Winnie? We did. She loved it. Wow. Yeah, first soccer game. She loved it. She's a young goalie. Heart. Yeah. You know it. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, life is pretty busy right now. And uh, believe it or not, a lot of that time is spent at Gonzaga Prep. <laughs> um, Travis is, like you said, coaching the JV boys this winter. Um, so we're going to be around the gym a lot. Okay. So does that mean uh, suit and tie for game days? You'll be on the varsity bench, Trav? 
I don't think so. <laughs> He's got to come home at some point. I got to come home at some point. I think I'll just stick to my games. Uh, okay. But yeah, we'll, we'll still we'll still go to some varsity games when we can. That'll be sweet. Now, uh, one thing, if I can put you on the spot, you know, I've got a couple guys that we do kind of an annual turkey bowl at prep. <laughs> uh, how's that knee feeling? You think we can get out there? Maybe a couple snaps? Oh, the knee feels great. I play uh, I play basketball every Sunday at St. Al's with uh, a couple guys. Nick, right. Nick Hansen, he's back in town. Okay. Um, Kevin Coons. Oh, okay. All yeah, right. Kevin's actually helped helping me coach this uh, this year for JV. His dad, Pat, he's been yeah. an assistant coach for Forever. thirty years, maybe. Yeah. So yeah, this is Kevin's first year in the coaching program. Has Kevin so. put on any weight? He was a skinnier dude. He since high school, he's put on some okay. weight. <laughs> <laughs> not not a lot, but I remember sometimes playing with uh, down at the Spokane Club with him and. He'd take our shirt off and be like, what? Not a lot of body fat. <laughs> Not a lot there. He's always moving. <laughs> always moving, yeah. Uh, all right, so maybe maybe we can kind of get you out there uh, down to the gridiron, you know, some old memories uh, and get you get you playing maybe. I'm in. I'm in. Uh, that sounds great. Well, thank you guys so much for allowing me to come, uh, you know, drink some tea, have a conversation in your guys' home, and uh, learn a little bit more of your story because it's, it's one that I, I hold in high regard. Yeah. Well, yeah, thanks. Uh, I really, really think this is a good thing you're doing for the prep community. Just, you know, getting people connected and getting, you know, some old names out there. And yeah, I think it's really great that you're doing this. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, take some laps around Comstock Park if you want to run into Travis Long, maybe a, an autograph or two. <laughs> and uh, and that out on the basketball court as well. Uh, coaching JV would be awesome. And then uh, Sarah's always a friendly, smiling face down there at the counseling wing, so uh, I know that she'd probably welcome anyone who wanted to say hi. Of course. So thank you so much, and uh, go Pups. Go Pups. Go Pups.